Welcome to the Wellness Members Club. What is the Wellness Members Club? This is your safe space to get real with yourself. Where you get vulnerable and you feel validated. And an aesthetically pleasing place to talk about the ugly truth of life. Welcome Welcome to the club, club, sis. Hello, hello guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Wellness Members Club. I am really stoked to have you here. Today I am me, myself, and I. I'm your host, Abigail Hall. I will be chatting with you for the next 30 minutes or so. Today I really want to dive into the things I've been honoring lately. I've had some low lows, but they haven't been negative now that I'm on the other side of them. They were negative when I was in them, but I really want to share what I was reflecting on some revelations I've had because I feel like they're very relatable and can give you guys some sense of peace and honestly lead you with grace onto the next thing you're handling. As you know, we always start off our episodes with what was well and what was unwell about the week. So if I were to say what was well about the week, it's that I've had some lovely, really productive conversations with my boyfriend. If I could say anything about him, it's that he is the most amazing communicator and I'm so incredibly grateful for him, honestly. It's the healthiest relationship I've ever had in my 28 years of living. And I've been in some serious ones. So I'm just really grateful for him. And he has been beyond well about my week because the way that he can communicate with me is beautiful. And also, I just came back from a trip uh, to California. I spent the bottom half of the trip in San Diego. And I was with my boyfriend's mom and just got really close with her and got to spend a lot of time with her and some of his friends and his family. He didn't go with me, which was really interesting, but I really loved it. I loved going there and just seeing his hometown for myself and deciding if it's something I could see myself living in one day. And I absolutely can because it's such a beautiful city. The views are insane. And I'm so grateful I went out there solo because I was able to just take myself to the beach and watch the sunset and really clear my head and reflect on things that I've done, um, which I'll get into a little bit later. And then what was unwell about my week is that I've had just some heavy shit come up. And I've realized, or at least my perspective on this, is that I've been the creator of all my problems. And I'm now on the other side of my unwell. But I'm so grateful now that I am able to take accountability for where I am. So yeah, let's just jump into this episode. And I'm going to elaborate on all the shit I just dumped on you. So when I was in San Diego, like I said, I was sitting there just watching the sunsets and something about a sunset, it just helps you really just realize how beautiful life is. And these little things and these little issues or tiffs that come up in life and we put so much pressure on them or we put so much strength in them and we make these little moments that are so insignificant, so big that just don't matter in the grand scheme of things. So I was just reflecting on all the things I've had in my life. And because I'm a big believer in manifestation, I believe that all of the hard times I've ever faced, at least in recent years, now that I'm an adult, are to my own doing. I create them, whether I'm manifesting it by my behaviors, and there's a sense of cause and effect, whatever actions I'm putting forward, I'm receiving right back. So I've been attracting some interesting people into my life. I had some clients in the past that... I used to look at them so negatively who treated me honestly really horribly. 
And instead of looking at them from that perspective this past week, because I've always thought, whenever I thought about this person, damn, it weighs on my heart. It pulls on my heartstrings because they're somebody that I really cared for and I was really trying to do the best for. And they just saw me as this person in their life that was coming to take what they had and treating them negatively. And I wasn't. And I was like so loving and encouraging and what I thought was empowering to this person. But I feel like I made them feel so small for some reason. So that's maybe why they took things out on me. Instead of having this victim mentality or perspective when I think about them now, after this week of reflection, mind you, I haven't seen this person in over a year. I now look at that situation with grace and I can say, I am not a victim of someone treating me poorly. I am a person that willingly let someone treat me poorly. And I ignored my intuition and red flags when I should have stopped working with them. And I just continued. But also what it came up for me when I was looking at this situation, and I think it could be relatable to some of you guys for the relationships you're in or friendships you've had that have ended. I think I just really have a hard time dealing with rejection. As much as I'm someone that loves being told no, because I believe rejection is redirection. It hurts when it's someone that you really care about and they're shutting you out and pushing you away. And it's hard to understand why that relationship's coming to an end. So anyways, lately I've just been reflecting on, wow, Abby, you have an issue with being rejected. And that tells me that I need to really focus inward because that means I'm seeking external validation and I'm seeking out people outside of me to make me feel good. And that means I'm likely misstepping in life and not being aligned because I'm actually just doing things that sound good for other people, doing things with my ego solely. And I'm just doing things outside of Abby that Abby doesn't even desire. And before I make things really complicated, because I know I'm going to be all over the place, up and down with some things that have just been clicking for me, I want to talk about this theory or not theory, but perspective I think about from time to time. And then for those of you that don't know, we have a conscious mind and we have a subconscious mind. Our subconscious mind is something that we're in 95% of the time in the day, and it's basically autopilot. It's a version of us that we're in that is just things like, imagine when you pick up your arm, you don't think, hey, pick up your arm. Your body just does it naturally because your subconscious mind knows she's ready to move her arm. It just moves, right? It's something that you have to do without thinking. So your subconscious mind is the non-conscious, also called subconscious, that doesn't really think to do anything. You don't have to consciously think to actively move or do things. And then we have 5% of the time that we're in our conscious. Conscious is pure creativity, pure light, love, creation. It's almost self, it's very much self-awareness and clarity. And it's the place that you want to be when you want to create because you just know exactly what you want. You're aligned. It's a place of literally pure creation. But we're only in it 5% of the time. So our subconscious mind, though, is something that was really developed from ages one to seven. During ages one to seven, we are only in subconscious. We don't know what consciousness is yet. We are only in theta, which is a theta is the brainwave that you're in before you fall asleep. And just when you wake up, it's like that little in-between sleep, hazy, little glossy moment that you're in, which is a great time to meditate and a great time to manifest also. But there, as a child from ages one to seven, you're only subconscious and you're only in theta. Why I say that to you is because that means that from ages one to seven, you are an absolute sponge. You're receiving everything from everyone, the way you think, the way you're gonna think when you're older. For instance, ages one to seven, if you heard your parents talking about being broke or we have hard times, 
you probably grew up to be somebody that believes that money is really hard to get. Or if you grew up hearing your parents say money is the root of all evil, you probably grew up hating the government and thinking that it's the government's fault you have no money. Or you thought that money is an evil thing that only rich people have and rich people are only evil. So that's a perspective around money. Or if during ages one to seven, you saw your parents fighting a lot, you might grow up and say, ooh, love feels really uncomfortable to me because I only know it as chaos, right? Or you get into love and you think that someone that you fight with 24-7 is someone that really loves you or someone that treats you like shit is someone that loves you. My whole reason for teaching you a little bit about the subconscious mind is to say, I have been trying to be aware when I'm starting to spiral, if it's a subconscious, let's say program that I learned from childhood that I'm applying now. And it's really helping me because anytime I notice I'm still slipping into my subconscious, but I'm making a big decision and I'm not doing it consciously, I know that I'm likely going to be making a decision that someone else gave me the, that subconscious programming to, to accept or to go after. And I know that all sounds really complex, but it's basically like this. Our subconscious mind is like a plot of fertile soil. If you understand gardening or farming, you know you plant seeds in fertile soil and you water them and they grow. The point of telling you that is that your subconscious mind that you have now that you will have for eternity is a fertile plot of soil. And I want you to ask yourself, what seeds am I planting? And the seeds that you're planting could be things you're listening to, people telling you what you want in life, things you're seeing while you're scrolling TikTok, or it could just be like things you're reading about, or it could even be the people that you're talking to and they're making you think a certain way. That's another reason as another example why they say you are the five people you surround yourself with because whatever they are saying, your subconscious mind is taking all those little pieces of advice planting it into your in like a fertile soil and it's you're watering it over time and growing a life on the external reality that matches whatever seeds you've planted. And I know that sounds really complicated, but it's basically to say be really careful of the seeds that you are planting in your mind and what you are growing on the outside. And now after that little neuroscience session that was probably very confusing and complex, let's talk about a very simple form what the heck has been happening in my life. Lately, I've been realizing that I have been chasing desires that I thought I wanted, but I realized that they are things that people on freaking TikTok or Instagram want and nothing to do with me. I have been scrolling and watching people having these perfect lives that live in these other cities and these insane, amazing high rises that can see the sunset, this perfectly built home, and they have everything that looks super put together. And I've been thinking that I want that life. And I realized, holy shit, I thought I was like, in, had this amazing futuristic vision that I was meant to be in these places. And I realized, oh my God, no, I'm just craving that because I'm looking at these people's lives and I don't want the house that they have. I don't want the things that they have. I actually just want the happiness that they seem like they have. So I realized in my little revelation that I need to stop chasing places, people, things, items. And just start going after the feeling I wish to embody and stop trying to tell the universe or God what I want it to give me and instead telling it the feeling I would like to have and letting the universe or God decide what that item comes into my life as or person or place or thing comes into my life as. And what I mean by that is instead of saying, I really want a bunch of followers on Instagram and TikTok because I want to share this amazing message and I want to impact a bunch of people. I'm going to no longer say shit like that. I'm going to say, 
I really want to make an impact and I want to feel empowered and fulfilled. And whatever shape or form that takes, I will be grateful for. And I let you, universe, do your thing. I trust the process. I trust that I'm going to surrender and I'm going to plant seeds every day that are positive and impactful and get me closer to that goal. But I'm going to let you do that thing. And if you decide that it means that I'm going to have millions of followers listening to my message, then thank you. Or if you decide that it's going to be a small community who wants to hear what I have to say, then that's enough because I just want to make a difference in whatever shape or form is best for me and most aligned with me. So I say that to you because I hope that if you are somebody who is chasing, let's say, social fame or you're chasing um, a bunch of money, just ask yourself, what do you want to feel versus the item that you think is going to bring you that feeling? You don't need to be obsessed with what you think is going to bring you that feeling. I want you to be obsessed in a positive way, not a desperate way, with the feeling that you want to embody. Because in life, we don't really want things for no reason. We want them because of the feeling that they bring us. So if we can find a way to just align ourselves and align our energies with that feeling, we will be a lot closer to it. And we need to have more trust in the universe. Honestly, everything works out exactly as it should. Everything you've ever been through in life, you've survived, obviously, otherwise you wouldn't be here listening to this episode. And that means that you need to trust that everything will work out as it should. But also at the same time, while working with the universe, it doesn't mean sitting back and doing nothing. It means taking small little action steps daily or weekly that align with where you want to go. And I don't mean align with where you want to go in the sense of, I want to have this massive house, money, and a car where you want to go in sense of the feeling or the identity you wish to embody. And that identity can be, I want to be disciplined. I want to be determined. I want to be at peace. I want to wake up anxiety free. Maybe that's the identity you're chasing. And if that is, you need to start doing things on a daily basis that embodies those behaviors. And there is this quote by Jim Rohn. He's a motivational speaker, passed away years ago. Amazing person that I highly suggest using as your mentor. You can listen to his things on Spotify, YouTube, whatever. But one of his things he says is be, do, have. And remember what I said a little bit ago about embodying the person you want to be. The whole point of that is if there is this version of you that you know exists, this she's happy, she's healthy, she's fulfilled, she's empowered, she's loved, she's loving, she's reliable, etc. Then you need to start being like that person. You didn't need to wait till you have all the things that you think she has to be her. You need to be her now. And the reason why Jim Rohn says the quote, be, do, have, it's because be the person you want to be, do the things that they do, and you will have the things that they have. It is not have, do, be. You don't have the things, then do as they do, then be as they are. You be like them, in every sense of the way. You do as they do, show up disciplined, have hard conversations when necessary, tell people how you're really feeling, speak your truth, do things that feel good for you, say no to things that don't. And if you do that, you will have exactly what they have. And that could be the car, the home, the freedom financially to do as you want. So I've just been thinking about all those things lately. And I've been thinking about the slogan as well, fake it till you make it. I think it used to have such a negative connotation around it, but my perspective has changed. And I think fake it till you make it more so has to do with be, do, have. And if you want to understand a little bit of the neuroscience behind why that works, 
It's because you're training your subconscious mind that you are that person and it will start to naturally do as they do if you continue to basically build, let's say, that program in in the subconscious mind. It will eventually make you that person because it will only know that program and follow that program. But the thing also about subconscious mind, which I was talking about a little bit ago, is that we easily fall back into our subconscious program. If you were to look at the brain like a computer, we have programs that get installed over time that we decide to keep. Maybe you had a toxic ex-boyfriend and he treated you like absolute shit and told you you were worthless on a daily basis. So he was training your brain or uploading a program to your brain that says you are worthless and you're a piece of shit and nobody loves you. Let's say that's what he was putting in because he was really toxic. You now have this program in this computer brain of yours that runs on a regular basis. So when you look in the mirror, you're like, I suck and I don't deserve love and I'm worthless. But that is just a program that person planted in your head, in your subconscious mind that can be replaced with something better. You just need to be able to step into your conscious mind, which you're in 5% of the time, which I said earlier, and be able to be self-aware enough to know that is not a program that is authentic to you. That is something else that someone put there and those thoughts are not your thoughts and they don't belong there. And that is why they say replace your negative thoughts with positive ones. That is why they say to be self-aware and catch yourself when you're falling back into your old habits, old behaviors, old thought patterns, old subconscious programs. Be aware of what you're doing and how you're talking to yourself and how you're showing up and shut that shit down when it pops up. Imagine it like back in the day, I don't know how old you guys are listening, when you'd go to play like Neopets or little games on the computer and those freaking pop-ups would pop up everywhere because you were trying to play like some scammy game on the internet. Yeah. When that shit pops up, you need to go crazy and try to exit it and get rid of it and replace it with something better and continue. Anyways, enough about the subconscious mind, enough about the fake it till you make it, but you do have. Those are great things and I really hope you guys just think about them whenever you're making your next move just be do have but can we really talk about lately how what i just said a bit ago about how i'd be scrolling on tiktok and i'd be realizing that i'm chasing shit i don't want can as women can we please all chill out and stop doing things that are viral or buying things that are viral unless we actually want them can we just sit for a second and not be so impulsive and not jump into instant gratification and not try to follow the crowds or keep up with people by buying what they buy because they say it's viral. Can you only buy a Stanley Cup if you actually want a fucking Stanley Cup? Can you please only buy a lip oil if you actually want that lip oil? I feel like girls nowadays with their Summer Fridays lip balms, being crazy, applying it every five minutes, look like what people do when they're smoking a cigarette. Are you okay? Can we come back? Can we reset? Can we actually ask ourselves if we actually want these things? If you are buying them because you're like, you know what, this actually aligns with me. It makes me feel good. It makes me happy. It is authentic to me. It feels good. Sure, buy it. Use it. Do your thing. But do not get things just because they are viral or a trend. I hope you guys find a way to only do what aligns with you and honor what aligns with you and only buy what aligns with you that feels good and authentic to you. 
maybe that sounds negative coming from me, but it's just, I know that I was such an over consumer and I'm trying to inspire all of you to jump into loud budgeting this year and be more mindful with your money and not just buy nonsense just because someone on the internet told you to like only buy it if you really need it and really just do what feels authentic to you. But on to my next thing that I've been learning lately is I really want to build mental strength as a woman. I feel like I've come across a lot of men that have strong mental strength, but are also emotionally regulated. It's honestly been very healing for me to see because in the past, I'd only been around men who are super mentally strong, but really emotionally weak. Lately, I've been running into people that are mentally strong and emotionally regulated. And I just want to be that as a woman. I want to be able to handle tough conversations which honestly, for the most part, I do because I, I know the part that I play in the conversations. I know the part that I show up in. And the way that I'm able to have emotional and mental strength lately is by being very honest with the amount I can handle. I'm being very clear about what my emotional bandwidth is, what my capacity is to handle work, how much I can do, and really drawing a fine line, which is where boundaries come into play. I have to use boundaries to my strongest will to say how much I can handle what my bandwidth is, to then be able to be mentally strong. Because you can't walk into a room and have someone talk down to you and not crumble unless you are not burnt out. And the way you avoid burnout is boundaries and emotional willpower, yes, but also not having a fried bandwidth, right? So I hope if you guys have any tips, I would love to hear about building emotional and mental strength But a couple of the things that have been helping me lately, there's actually seven. One is I've been really acknowledging my feelings, knowing how I feel in the moment if I'm having a tough conversation and being aware that it is a feeling or an emotion and it is not necessarily how I am at my core. It's likely just a passing emotion and I need to know not to act on that. Acknowledge your feelings, acknowledge your emotions and don't necessarily impulsively act upon an emotion that comes up when someone might be having a tough conversation with you. Two, I've been really practicing being self-compassionate, showing myself compassion and grace and knowing that I'm a woman and I am somebody that needs rest has been the greatest thing for me. We do live in a man's world and I'm not saying that in a negative way. I think there, obviously there's a lot of men and women in the world, but I believe that we've been raised and cultured into a man's world where we're supposed to have this hustle culture, work really hard, wake up at 5 a.m., work until 2 a.m., sleep minimal hours, bust your asses. I know that's changing over the last years, but it is still a very core belief in corporate America and how people function. And it brings this level of guilt and shame when you're not doing it. And what I want to say about that is we are women. We are on a 28-day cycle for our energy. It changes on seven-day cycles as well. There's different phases of the cycle. And we need to know that we have to honor that because men are on a 24-hour cycle. They follow the sun, we follow the moon, which means when they're every 24 hours, they're getting fresh testosterone and rejuvenated and feeling ready to go. Hustle culture can wake up at 5 a.m. We might not be in that part of our cycle or in the phase that has the energy to wake up at 5 a.m. Maybe in one of our four phases, but some two out of those four were actually in very much hibernation exhausted mode. So as I've been doing number two, practicing self-compassion, I've been honoring that I am a woman 
that I'm going to work and function as a woman and not try to fit in the shoes of a man. And luckily, our perspective on society has been changing towards that. So if I can invite you to honor that, please honor it with me because it's making such a difference in how I feel as a human being. And it's giving my body rest as well, giving my mind rest and allowing me to function with grace. Number three is assess your challenge that you're in front of. So I've been, when I have a tough conversation is mainly what I'm talking about right now. I've been asking myself, what is the challenge I'm being faced with? Why am I having this conversation? Is it because I've, I created this? Am I accountable? Time to take accountability here. Or is it because there was a miscommunication that I'm also accountable for that needs to happen here? So I've just been really assessing the challenge that is in front of me and handling it logically and not emotionally. Like I said earlier, when I said acknowledge your feelings, when I mentioned number one, acknowledge your feelings and assess your challenge at the same time. Make sure you are handling things logically and you're thinking for future you and not present you. And what I mean by that is you're not setting yourself up for failure in the future by saying something harsh and impulsive because you're in emotion when you are faced with a challenge. So just assess your challenge and understand how to handle it logically and be making moves that support present you and future you, not just present you. So don't make impulsive decisions that lead to impulsive results. Number four, take small steps towards what you want to avoid. And what I mean by that is, is when you're taking small steps towards what you want to avoid, it means no longer procrastinating. It's get away from procrastinating. If you look at your bed and it's not made and you feel like you want to avoid it, but you know the outcome will be good. Ooh, sorry, someone's driving by. You know the outcome will be good if you do it. Do that for yourself. Look out for future you. Look out for you who's going to be tired tomorrow and not want to do the laundry. Make things easy for future you. Treat yourself like your ideal partner who you would want to love and nurture and nourish and do that for you. Future you deserves the amount of love you would give a partner. So keep looking out for her. Yes, be present and take care of current you, but also be looking out for future you by not procrastinating and making things easier for her. Can we please stop being in spirals and avoiding things to the last minute because we need fire to light underneath our asses to get us to do something that is a negative place to be and find something else to motivate you. Number five, working on mindfulness. Work on being present. I've walked you guys through this exercise before, but I'm going to walk you through it again. When you're doing this mindfulness exercise, it's something really simple. You can literally walk outside. If it's cold, look out your window and look for five things. I'm going to do it now with you. As I'm sat here recording, I'm looking out my balcony. I live in Miami, so it's a sunny day. And I'm going to pick five things and I'm going to describe those five things thoroughly. I see a building that the sun is hitting. I see the palm trees as the wind blows through them. I see an orange roof on a building that is bright and it reminds me of a mango, the color of it. I see the clouds fluffy, but there's not a lot of them. There's just a few sparse little fluffy clouds in the sky. And then I just see really beautiful green trees flowing in the wind. That immediately makes you present because there is nothing else you can think about. So practice and work on mindfulness and you can do so by doing that little exercise. And that's something I highly recommend doing whenever you're in a moment where you're feeling anxious and you're thinking too much, when your mind feels really heavy and weighing on you, I invite you to try that exercise. Number six, externalize how you feel. 
I do this via a journal. I sit in my journal and I believe in brain dumping. I look at my brain like a giant bowl. And if I notice it's full and overflowing and I'm trying to walk around and I know it's going to spill, I spill it into my book by brain dumping into my journal. I will pour everything I'm feeling onto paper and the amount of freedom and peace it brings me is, oh my God, undeniably great. So externalize how you feel. That can be in the terms of venting on a voice memo to yourself because you might be driving or you might be out and about on a walk or dumping it into a journal. I invite you to try those two things. Next, maintain a healthy lifestyle. This has been great for building my mental strength as a woman because when you're when you have a healthy lifestyle and your brain is in a healthy place as well, you're able to show up better and handle things with grace. You're able to be logical, you're able to put your emotions aside, and you're able to show up in the most authentic, raw, and strong, empowered way. Maintain a healthy lifestyle, whatever that looks like to you, whether that's having nourishing meals, whether that's getting enough sleep, whether that's moving your body, even just going for a walk or doing some sit-ups or any little yoga on your floor, whatever you can do to take care of your mind, body, and spirit, that will help you show up mentally strong. Anyways, enough of that rant about building mental strength as a woman. Let's go into a couple of other revelations I've had lately because they've been big. I've just been thinking about what is real and what isn't real. I've recently met some people through socials that life looked really amazing and empowering and great. And I was starting to feel so wowed by them and like, how do I get there? How do I catch up to what they're doing? And I realized most of it was a facade. And it wasn't a negative thing to realize. I was actually glad because it made me realize that they're just more human than I thought they were. And we're just on an even playing field. And I looked at them and I was like, oh, wow, like you're normal too. You've got your shit going on. You've got emotions to battle. You've got traumas. You've got triggers. Your life doesn't look as great as it does. And it connects to what I said earlier, how I was comparing my what people had on TikTok and I started desiring it for myself. I was looking at this person thinking I wanted everything that they had as well. And I was like, wow, quickly realized they're not even happy. So I don't know what's best for me. The universe and God does. I just know how I want to feel and I want to feel at peace and I want to feel happy and I want to feel good. So realizing that what is real and what isn't real. And I know that might sound like really stupid and not like a massive revelation, but meeting this person, a couple people actually like this, and then realizing what isn't what it is really, I don't know just peaceful because you just see that life is whatever you make it and it's not as glorious as it looks and the grass isn't always greener like the realization I had but it also makes me feel good to slow the fuck down why are we in such a rush to create the life we want to have it would be so boring if we had everything we wanted tomorrow it would suck because the journey is so much better when you actually sit in it and enjoy it and I'm just slowing the heck down and I'm not chasing after things with like rapid desperation because I'm panicked and I need money and I need to get this thing now because I can't wait and I'm impatient. I am embodying patience. Does that mean I'm not working hard towards goals that I have if there's deadlines on them? No, it means I'm still putting avid effort into those, but I'm also giving myself grace that everything does not need to happen at the same time that I can spend six months focusing on one area and then six months focusing on another. I don't need to be superwoman, have all my shit figured out, have all the utmost optimal health, optimal friendships, optimal everything. It's really hard to do. So I know that I will have that all at one point, but right now I'm just honoring where I'm at 
and I'm not forcing myself to have everything figured out tomorrow. It's really unrealistic. And it actually helped me remove the guilt and shame around those things. And another thing that's coming up is I've been wanting to, not wanting to, but I have been respecting the different paths we each have as human beings. Some people are meant for a nine to five and some are meant to be leaders. And I've been realizing we shouldn't be projecting our reality onto others. What I mean by this is because I'm a motivational person and friend and I love to inspire and I love to motivate and I love to make my friends feel good and have them chase their passions. One thing that I've been really excited about lately is I haven't been forcing my version of reality or my path that I'm walking on them. So for instance, a lot of people on TikTok are like, quit your nine to five or Instagram too, quit your nine to five, chase your dreams. You don't need to work for anybody. I'm not preaching that shit anymore. I once used to preach, get rid of it, but I only think that's applicable to somebody that has a dream of a business they wish to start and they start it. If you are someone listening to this and you have a nine to five and you actually love being an employee because it allows you to have stability and it allows you to do the things that you want to do and you like the connection you have with the individuals that you work with, like your coworkers or your boss, and a nine to five is enjoyable for you, I want you to know that I celebrate you and I honor you and I respect you because you know what's best for you. And if your nine to five is enjoyable, stay there, keep working at it, climb the corporate ladder, do what makes you feel good. I don't think working a nine to five is a negative thing. I used to have a negative connotation around it because I'm somebody that very much can't work a nine to five. I have ADHD like crazy and I need to move around and I need to have a lot of flexibility in my schedule. But I have so much respect for the people that do work a nine to five because that must be glorious to get done what you have to get done. In nine to five, Monday to Friday, if you wake up early, your evenings are yours to yourself. And I just want you to know, I think, go you. I'm excited for you and I'm going to celebrate you. And good for you for knowing a nine to five works for you. If you are scrolling on socials and you work a nine to five, people quit your nine to five, go get a job. Don't let that shit shame you and make you feel bad if you like what you're doing. Just know that what is meant for you is meant for you. And there are as many shapes and forms that life comes in. And I hope you find a way to honor that your path is different because there are so many paths in the world that work for so many people and what might work for somebody else won't work for you. So just find some grace in that. It's up to us as individuals to look inward and we should inspire others to find their truth instead of thinking our truth is the only valid one. My version of reality isn't the only version of reality. There's many other ones. I salute you. I honor you. And I respect you for knowing what is best for you. And I invite you to look inward and to ask yourself what is best for you, what fits me, what I want, what feels good. And chase that. Do not chase this version of a dream or reality that other people have. Life is not one size fits all. And it would be extremely freaking boring if we all lived the same lives. Can you imagine? You walk up to Joe Schmo and you're like, hey, what are you doing today? And he lists exactly the same thing that you're doing oh, I'm going to set up this desk and I'm going to drink this coffee and I'm going to do this and I'm going to read this book. It would be mad annoying if every single person in the world was doing that. There would be nothing unique to it. So I love that the world is unique and we have the ability to be whatever we want. And I honor that. And I've probably said the word honor 20,000 times, but this episode is about honoring all the things I've learned lately. On top of that, honoring the difference in opinions or perspectives instead of jumping down someone's throat of something or someone who thinks differently. When someone has a difference of opinion, this is a time for us to educate each other on why we think the way that we do. Again, life would be boring if someone was doing the exact same things as us and thinking the same way as us. I think that when someone has a difference of opinion, it is not a time for debate. Is it a time for education? It is a time to learn how the other person sees the world and respect them for having a different look or a different lens on life. 
When someone has a difference of opinion, I love to understand where they're coming from, why they believe that, where they grew up, how they adapted that perspective, where they got that from, where they're going with that perspective, what they'd like to see in the world. It isn't a negative thing to have a difference in an opinion and you shouldn't run from people because they do. If you want to be around people that are like-minded, that's one thing. But there's a way to be around people that are like-minded who also have difference of opinions and still respect each other's opinions and still live alongside each other in unity. Take with that what you will. Again, everything I say, take it with a grain of salt. If it sits with you, it feels good, it inspires you, sweet. If it doesn't, it's not aligned for you and that's okay. And keep moving, keep flowing. Another thing is I've been really, I said it earlier, but I want to release and surrender to the universe. And I've been releasing the control and releasing the desire to control outcomes. It's given me so much peace by doing this. I stopped trying to control each and every outcome. And something I invite you guys to do is each time you are trying to control something and you are self-aware enough to realize that you are clinging or feeling desperate for something that you know does not feel aligned to you. Like, you know, you feel icky and gross when you think about this outcome you're chasing and it doesn't feel right. That means it's not aligned for you. Your intuition is a bitch. That is not for you. Whenever you feel yourself getting in that desperate, clingy energy, clinging to an outcome of something, I invite you to imagine that every minute you spend clinging to that desperation is a minute of bliss and joy that you are robbing yourself of. So when you sit there and you're getting clingy and desperate, I want you to know you're being a thief to your own joy right now. And when you have that perspective and you love yourself and you know you don't want to be a thief to your happiness and a thief to your joy, I hope you snap out of it. So anyways, I sometimes I get into my like big sis mode where I talk to you guys. I'm like, this is empowering little snappy girl, but it's all from a good place. My intentions are pure. I just want you guys to live a life that is aligned and happy to you and you feel good and you honor the dark parts of you, honor the light parts of you. So if I ever get like preachy, I'm so sorry. It's not like, it's not coming from a negative place. It's literally, I just want you to live your highest potential and live your best life. So my apologies if I ever just get annoying because <laughs> it's going to happen. I'm human. But then, but this isn't to be applied to the times also, when that the little analogy I just gave you. This isn't to be applied to the times where you're working hard to a goal that you know comes from a pure place of desire and alignment for you. When you know something feels good for you and it feels aligned and you feel excited and passionate, chase that. Sometimes you got to sit back because you got to surrender and you got to let the universe do its thing. But surrendering usually comes in place when you're getting clingy. Okay. When you feel a flow of energy, you feel right. Intuitively, it feels good. Your gut feeling is go after it, go get it, reach out to these people, make these connections, make this happen, create this thing, post this video, talk to that person. If you feel an absolute flow and it feels right and it feels like there are no hurdles in the way, that is when I want you to run towards that goal because it is for you, it is aligned with you, and it's meant to be happening. The only time I want you to pull back and surrender is when you're getting into your desperate energy of it and it feels gross and it feels icky. And you know what? Sometimes you can get that desperate, icky feeling about something that is actually meant for you, but that's just the universe telling you to chill out and back up. So surrender and stop robbing yourself of joy. On my last little notes, not last, but a couple last little notes, let's respect when someone says no. I'm saying this because lately I've been telling people no in opportunities they want from me or plans they want to do. And respecting when someone says no doesn't just apply to the physical or sexual boundaries that someone has. So if someone's telling you no, don't touch me, it's that's not the only time no works. Learn to respect when someone says no, I don't want you to work with me on this. 
or no, I don't have this for you. For instance, I've been interviewing for jobs. When people are telling me no, I'm respecting it because I trust that they know what is best for them. I trust that they know is aligned for them. And I trust a higher power that is the universe that knows that what is best for me at that time. I believe that rejection, again, I said it in the beginning, is redirection. And I also trust that the person that I'm on the other side of this being told no from knows what's best for them. And in the long run, it's going to be what's best for me because if they're living aligned and they're pushing me into my right path and pushing me in the right direction, then it's good for me. And I'm going to start to love the no's. And I just think that it's a great thing to do is respect when someone says no. That could be someone telling you like, no, I don't want you to work with me. No, I don't want to go here. Don't try to force people. Just honor where people are at. Honor their no's, accept their no's. With that, I've been learning to love uncertainty. It's been rough. It's hard. Uncertainty is scary because, again, what I said earlier about subconscious programming, we slip back into this subconscious mind and we do what's familiar to us and we do what's safe to us. Uncertainty is found outside of our comfort zones. And I've been having to learn how to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that means doing things I haven't done before and trying new things and being okay with not knowing what the outcome is, getting away from chasing an outcome and being okay with knowing that I'm putting in the effort every day that is positive. I'm planting the right seeds. I'm making and taking actions that are good for me. And I know that I trust the uncertainty. I trust the process and I trust that I'm going to get exactly where I'm meant to be. And I don't need to know where that, that B is, but I'm going to get there. So take without you will and get uncomfortable with discomfort. It's a good place to be. It also makes you mentally strong. I should add that as point eight to my earlier list about how to become a mentally strong woman. Also accepting that not all that you thought was for you is for you. Be open to your goals fluctuating and changing as you receive more information about yourself. As you grow and you work through your triggers and you become more self-aware and you learn things about yourself and you get rid of ugly parts of your ego, you might say, at least this is what I'm going through, so take with it what you will. You might be like, hey, I was actually chasing that goal from a place of ego because I wanted to prove to my old self that I was capable of this. And I wanted to prove to the people I grew up with that I was going to amount to something because I was once looked at like I was lazy and I was nothing. So I'm trying to prove something. As you grow, like I said, get you learn your triggers, you learn your traumas and you start to heal from them. Your goals may change and be open to that. Be open to the ebbs and flows of life. Be open to your desires fluctuating. Be okay with letting go of a dream if it no longer aligns with who you are. Because I believe that as you get older, when you're at least working towards being a more evolved version of yourself and understanding you and getting to know your deepest, truest, highest self, I believe that our goals are going to change because who we were when we created that goal might have been a negative place and trying to prove something and going after something that was going to sound good externally. So I just have been saying, I'm cool with my goals changing. I'm cool with making my goals different or smaller. I'm very much a dream big person, but it's okay to also your version of dreaming big to someone else could look small and that's okay. So I just want you to know that I respect you and again, honor you for knowing what's best for you. 
I mentioned the ego a little bit ago. And I said, knowing when you're coming from a place of ego, I think the ego gets like butchered when we talk about it commonly. We always talk negatively about the ego. Like it's this bad thing that you need to get rid of. And in spirituality, people, I want to have an ego death and rid myself of my ego. I actually think that having an ego is a good thing as long as you know not to impulsively act from it. I think an ego is good because say you're in a toxic relationship and your ego is, bitch, you deserve better than this. You deserve a man who is going to love you or a woman who is going to love you. Why are you putting up with this shit? That is a prime example of when your ego is amazing because you need your ego to remind you of who you are and that you're meant for more, okay? There's times exactly when the ego can be negative, right? And the ego can be like, go and prove to this person that you're better than them. Go and get this item because it's going to show them this. And I think that's silly. But I think you know if your ego is good or bad and when to use it and use your discernment by following your intuition if it feels good in your body. It is not just a mental thing. The ego is not just mental. You need to check in with your body and see if it's the right thing for you. I think there's really great things about the ego that can tell you if you're on track for what you're doing. Your ego can also keep you in check and be like, Again, it's usually you're meant for more than this. Don't settle for this bullshit. You deserve better. Finding ways to like work with your ego, work with your mind, work with your body and connect it all is a beautiful place to be. But yeah, I've been on an absolute tangent. I did not know that was going to be over 40 minutes. But guys, thank you for listening. All this was a bunch of realizations I've had lately. And it's just shit ain't always what it seems. Grass ain't always greener. So learn to water where you are plant seeds of things you actually want. And one thing I really want to invite you to do before I close this out, I don't have a journal prompt for you, but I would like you to try this. If you are in a moment where you are feeling like lack of inspiration, lack of creativity, let's say you go to TikTok, you want to make a video and you have nothing to say, I want you to sit in silence for days, even weeks. And I don't mean not talk to anybody. I don't mean not to not do anything. I just mean do not turn on your TV. Do not read your book. Do not listen to music. Maybe listen to frequencies and stuff like that or listen to instrumentals, but don't listen to songs with words in it. Do not listen to podcasts. Turn my ass off if you're listening to this episode right now and your mind is feeling busy. And just silence external stimulation. And don't ask people for advice in this period either. If you're feeling that lack of creativity and you're feeling lost, silence everything. I met Melissa Wood Tepperberg the other day and she told me this advice and I think it was the best thing because I said, how do you find your voice or how do you know what you're passionate about? How do you find what you want or how do you get back to who you're meant to be? And she just said, silence everything. If you want to know what your voice has to say and the impact you're supposed to make, you need to not be stimulated by anybody else because whatever you listen to will plant in your subconscious mind. You'll start to think like that. So if you're trying to find your voice, be in alignment with you, think and speak from a conscious place, silence all the shit around you. Anyways, guys, thank you for being here. Thank you for hanging out with me. I apologize for any profanity I used in this episode. I mean, in all good ways, I'm just get passionate. And again, if I was preachy to you today, all from a good place, I want the best for you. I hope you continue to reach your highest potential. I know you are meant for so much more than you think. If you are in a dark moment right now, just know that you have me. I am your big sis. I will be there to support you. You can message me on Instagram. You can email me. That's all found within the show notes or on wellnessmembersclub.com. We also have the anonymous situation submission. You can put an anonymous name. I just want you to know that you have my absolute support. You don't have to go through shit alone. I am tired of seeing women by themselves, isolating and unable to heal because they have no one around them. Please stop doing that. I got you. 
and I will see you next week. Bye.